Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today we are going to talk about the 2018 movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a four-year-old boy. And I am Briar, and I am the mom of a... Oh gosh, by the time this airs, she will be 18. How frightening is that? And an eight-year-old boy and a two-year-old boy. So, is the full title of this movie Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? I believe so, but let's just verify that for... Spider-Man colon Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. All right. Every time I, like, get pedantic about Spider-Man, it makes me think of that episode of Friends where they talk about Spider-Man versus Spider-Man. Oh! (laughs) Oh! Gosh! Do you know what I'm talking about? back there! Wow. Spider-Man has a colon, but (laughs) Spider-Man does not. (laughs) Or not a colon, a dash. Spider-Man has a dash, but Spider-Man does not. No, Spider-Man. Nope. Spider-Man. And, and isn't it Spider-Man, really? <laughs> oh, I don't remember. <laughs> All right. So, let's get started here. Um, should we do... Let's do cast first, or uh, introduction first. Um... So, this is a movie that (laughs) Wow, it's a movie. (laughs) We're doing... Oh, come on. Okay. All right, guys. Let's just... Let's let's lay it out for you at first. Sarah has a shandy. I have some flat Riesling. It's going to be a night here. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a good time. It's a movie. It's a movie. 2018. It's a 2018 movie. It had a $90 million budget. And it was a $375 million worldwide box office. So decent. Although I have to say, if you're not aware of the Marvel Universe and how Spider-Man fits into it, then this one... So this one was Sony Animation. Right. Because... Sony owns or owned Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I believe Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. It's the whole situation with who owns what properties for comics mm-hmm. is it's just, it's, really it's a convoluted. Bunch of bullshit. Yeah. But it does come into play here in this film because it took them a long time to get to the rights where they could actually even make this damn thing. Right. All because it's a Spider-Man movie. And so, yeah, it's it's a it's a whole shit show there with purchased rights and who's allowed to use f- rights of characters. Oh right. lord. Have, I think we've covered this a little bit before. We've talked about we? it a little bit in terms of Disney not being able to have any of the Marvel characters in Disney World in Florida. Right. But being allowed to have them in Disneyland. Um, Which is... I know... Mind-blowingly stupid. 
Well, it's because of Universal. Right, I know. It's, but it's their just whole dumb. super like they have. So Universal in Orlando has mm-hmm. a Spider-Man ride. So Disney can't have a Spider-Man ride because, like, they're within the same. 1200 like, square foot yeah. radius and god knows everybody's not gonna ride two Both. spider-man rides right. that's just ridiculous right who would dream of going to two <laughs> spider-man rides i just i know i know you know um, gonna, i will say can't. that the spider-man ride at universal in orlando is it it's bad. It just, just go ahead and say it. It's bad. I, I haven't been on it. Bad. But I'm assuming by the long it's pause. It's dated. <laughs> it's dated. Okay. Um, but like the actual ride mechanics aren't bad. No, it's just dated. Well, and why would you go to Universal and Studios when you could go to Disney? And well, because you go to Universal ride. Studios to go to Hogwarts. You go for an entire... And then exactly, you have the exactly. rest of the day and you end up on the Spider-Man ride. Oh, is that how that works? You go yeah. for Hogwarts and then like, <laughs> while we're here, let's well, yeah, go ride the Spider-Man ride. It costs a fortune to go and the Harry Potter stuff is not like, especially if you go in like off season, it's mm-hmm. not a full day thing. Oh, okay. And you spent like well over $100 per person to go for the day. It's so, bananas. so you better, I guess, ride the Spider-Man ride. Okay. <laughs> um, this movie has a ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's exceptionally high. Yes, that's very high, and it was the first non-Disney or Pixar movie to win an Academy Award for Best Animated Feature since Rango in twenty eleven. Oh, we gotta do Rango. Why have we not done Rango yet? Because Johnny Depp. Oh, that's why we haven't done <laughs> Rango yet. <laughs> right. Oh, but it's such a good movie. We'll, we'll we'll ignore that it's Johnny Depp to do that movie. So I like that Rango won in 2011, mm-hmm. but this is also the first non-Disney Pixar film since Happy Feet to win in a year that there is not a Disney or. To win in a year when a Disney or Pixar film is also in contention. So uh-huh. Rango won because there was, because really there was no nothing competition. else. <laughs> <laughs> well, there might have been other things. Let's be fair. There might have been other things, but there was no real competition. Right. right? There was no Disney or Pixar film, which, you know, they're the, they're the juggernaut in that. Right. Category. Well, but now to be fair, let's be fair. Versus Incredibles 2, which was decent. We haven't done that one yet, right. but it was really good. And Ralph Rex the Internet 2, which was also decent. Like, right. that one was not as good. But, but was, this, okay. movie, this movie was, like, groundbreaking, right? Yes. It's like a completely new look for an animated film. Well, I mean, there was so much animation-wise. Just, I think, even with the phasing is really where that was... Mm-hmm pretty remarkable but they did a lot with this movie so all right let's dive in to the cast um let's go ahead and get you we it's 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 shamik 
Moore? That's, what I, that's how I, I would pronounce it. I think it's Shamik. I'm really hoping I'm not butchering this I feel one. like that's definitely one that's said the way it's spelled. I think so. And you're overthinking it. But I, yeah, I know, but I, I, but because I have a history with blowing people's <laughs> names, like, and it's, it's a name. I really, I feel very strongly about this one. Like, your name is your signature. It's how you're sure. seen. And when people pronounce it incorrectly, that's a slight. So, um, but he is... Where do we know him from? I am not familiar with him, really. I mean, I'm familiar. He was in the movie Dope, which I'm familiar with, but I've never seen. Uh, House of Pain, I guess, but I didn't watch that. There's a lot of Wild and Out sounds. Which is kind of not really. It's like... Vaguely familiar. I don't know. We're too old for Wild and Out. I I, I think we're too old (laughs) for everything he's done, basically. I think he's only 24. Yeah, he's 24. He's closer to my daughter's age than my right. age. So, yeah, I have to say, as we as we approach 18, so we're about a month out as we are recording this. And as we approach 18, I am feeling my age much more deeply than I ever have for any of my own milestones. Like, this is... I can imagine. <laughs> She's... Almost, she's almost an adult. And like I don't legally, know. Yeah. yeah, legally an adult. She's, and she's an adult. Yeah, that's just it's it's, it's been a big deal. <laughs> All right, and then we have Jake Johnson as the Peter Parker. Peter B. Parker. The Peter B. Parker. The yes. old Peter Parker. Um, let's see. Where do we know him from? New Girl. He was a New Girl. Okay. Um. Oh, oh, okay. The one and only place I know him from, Jurassic World. He was the guy oh, yeah. with the the animals and the t-shirt. Yeah, right. that guy. That's where I know him from. I think from. most people probably know him from New Girl. Probably, but I did not watch <laughs> that show. Because again, old. Sorry. Um, let's see. Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. And True Grit. Okay. Like, uh, I, I, I know her. I, I, I have some of her stuff on my Spotify she playlist. She sings. She yep. does sing. So that's, <laughs> that's like, okay, Pitch Perfect. And, I, I, okay. For some reason, I've not seen True Grit. And it's just not, it's, it, I like to save Coen Brother films for really bad days because... They're always so remarkable. That one's just not made it yet. All right. Um, again, I'm Mahershala. Gonna... Is it? I'm ninety percent sure. Mahershala. Ali. Yeah. As Miles' uncle. Um, everything. He's in everything. Yeah, he's in everything. Like most recently, I want to. True Detective. He was in the most recent season of True Detective, Green Book. Uh, Green and he Book. He's going to be. He was just announced as going to be something. Oh, he's going to be the next Blade. Is he? Mm-hmm. Well, I might actually be down for that. I have to say. Oh, and he was in that 
show Alcatraz, which was fantastic and very short-lived. Also, Alphas, fantastic and very short-lived. Just yeah, okay. he's been he's been he's been pounding the pavement. Yeah, good stuff that just <laughs> didn't make it. Right. All right, Brian Tyree Henry is Jefferson Davis. Um, I know him from Atlanta. Yeah. And he was in something else pretty big recently, if too. I mean, I feel like everybody talk, in Atlanta is just getting, like, yeah. just blowing up. They're all just, like, all over everything. Also Hotel Artemis. So, and then he's going to be in the forthcoming Godzilla versus Kong, which I have to admit, I'm kind Gosh. of looking forward to. He has got a big plate coming up. He's yeah. going to be in Child's Play, the Joker movie with, um... Yeah. Uh... Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, that's... A Quiet Place 2, The Eternals. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot coming up. Mm-hmm. You're going to be seeing him everywhere. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I think that's kind of been the case for everybody on Atlanta, that... That show has just been... It's really been... Really remarkable for... Like, catapulting all of the actors mm-hmm. in it. Just Well, and they've all deserved it. I mean... Right. Really Rightfully so. Remarkably so. so. Um, let's see. Then we have Lily Tomlin as Aunt May. I don't need to tell any of you people where Lily Tomlin... Because even if you're old, you know Lily Tomlin. <laughs> My so. husband only knows her as uh, Jed Bartlett's secretary. Well, that's kind of sad. I know. <laughs> there are so many other things she could be known for. I know. Just telling you. That might be something somebody else out there only knows her as. Jed Bart. I, I, gosh. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 like, throw away the rest of her film credits entirely. I Just know. like, we, we don't know her from. I don't know, laughing? Like, <laughs> oh God, he would no, he would not. No, know he her would from never laughing. know. <laughs> never know. All right. Um, let's see. Luna Lauren Velez, I would assume. She um, was on Dexter. Dexter. She was like the female detective. The, no, no, not the detective. The the, the captain. The, captain boss lady in charge yes that's who she was maria laguerta laguerta thank you i don't know <laughs> where it's it's already but she's also yeah been in everywhere a ton of stuff she's definitely a that guy you'd see her well when you are a latina woman and there are only so many of them in hollywood yeah she's kind of that guy um, Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane, which was... She plays both Mary mm-hmm. Janes. Mm-hmm. And so, quite possibly my favorite casting in this film, John Mulaney as Peter Porker. Yeah. He just... It's the right tone for him. It, like... And I don't know if I know him really from any place other than stand-up, but he's just... I think he was like an SNL writer. He might have been. but If not SNL, then like Conan O'Brien or something. Something in New York he was doing. 
He did a Fox sitcom, apparently. Yeah, he was an SNL but writer, SNL, for sure. Yep. Um, and then Kamiko Glenn, mm-hmm. this Penny Parker, she's so-so from Orange is the New Black. Okay, I don't that watch show. that show. So, thank you for that one. <laughs> we do also have Nick Cage as... Mr. Noir. He was just... He's just playing himself, I feel like. He's, <laughs> he's just really playing like... himself. No, no. He's playing the character that is Nick Cage, right? right. Like, yeah. I, I mean, not... I don't think... I don't know. Maybe... It, it, he could actually just be that way in real life. I don't know. Who knows? It's difficult to assess. If you've ever met Nick Cage... Give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. Tell us, us about know. him. <laughs> We're curious. I just, we actually just watched, um, I don't know why, that terrible movie G-Force with oh, the why? hamsters. Because I let, <laughs> I let my son pick whatever he wanted to watch. Don't and let a four-year-old pick. Oh, sometimes you just have to let the four-year-old pick. <laughs> <laughs> but Nick Cage is one of the voices in that, too. And I, ha- I, it was hilarious because if you've ever seen him in Peggy Sue Got Married, <laughs> you know that voice he has in it? And it's, like, super nasally. Like, he just talks out of his nose the whole time. That's the voice he's doing in G-Force. It's, so- the, same vo- it's the same voice he does in Con Air, less the bad southern accent. No, no, it's, like, nerdy nasal coming out of his nose. Like, it's a very distinct version of Nicolas Cage. Oh, God. I just... I loved the movie Peggy Sue Got Married as a kid. I watched it. That was one of those movies I watched constantly and probably should not have been watching. Like, no, it was probably sometimes totally I wonder about your taste as a child. When it comes, like, <laughs> Peggy Sue, Peggy got, Sue married. got Married. What the hell? I had to watch all the Kathleen Turner films. So Peggy Sue Got Married, Romancing the Stone, you know. Well, that one's fine, but... <laughs> Not exactly age appropriate. No, none either. of those were age appropriate. None I don't them. know what my mom was thinking. No, one of these days, guys, we're going to do a bonus episode, and Sarah's going to tell you about all of the inappropriate Kathleen Turner movies <laughs> she watched, and I'm going to tell you about marathoning The Godfather with my Italian father at the ripe old age of like five or six years old. So, yeah, there we go. There's our legacy. All right, we also have Catherine Hahn as Doc Ock. She was great, I thought. I uh, totally didn't see it coming that she was Doc Ock. Until she Until, was yeah. Doc Ock, right. No. Yeah, no, after she was, I still didn't believe it. It was it was well done. Well done. Um, let's see. She's from a bad mom. The Bad Moms movies. So many places. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. She plays like the best friend a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. I really liked her in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Um, So, and then we have Liev Schreiber as Kingpin, and I am not even going to do that one because, like, no. What? Do you have something against Liev Schreiber? No, I don't. I just don't think anyone needs me to read Tell his you who credits. he is. Like, no. 
Well, I have an interesting thing about okay. Liam Shriver. That, coming back to Orange is the New Black, his brother played porn stash on Orange is the New Black. Pablo Schreiber and Liav Schreiber are related. Okay. So there you go for people who watched Orange is the New Black. Okay. (laughs) They're like half-brothers. I did not know that. Now you know. He plays Kingpin, which didn't it wasn't like one of those situations where i immediately um id'd him as that character so and no no i i did not immediately recognize his voice either although now that we've said this i'm going through his credits and i'm just kind of honestly blown away by what but just the number of how much he's done that he has done he's been doing a lot of voiceover work Mm mm-hmm and then, you know, shows up as a main character periodically. Right. Like, well, and he's such a good character actor. And I think that's why. It's because Probably. he doesn't show up for just any role. He shows up for the Storm King and My Little Pony the movie. <laughs> and Goon. <laughs> Wait, I love, I love that movie. So no, I I'm think, not making fun of it. No, and I actually, <laughs> honestly... The more we do this, the more I really find very, very good actors do very good voices. Like, there doesn't seem... Okay actors just do okay voices. There doesn't seem to be that level of emotion that translates to the voice when it's not actually the body on camera. It takes a really good actor to do good voice acting, which... Is, I don't know, more of a surprise than I think I expected. But the process is harder. So I've heard some criticism, like, in recent years, how there's been, like, a shift into named actors doing voices and stuff like this as opposed to, like, voice actors doing stuff like this. And I can see... I mean, it is a a different skill set. Mm -hmm. It absolutely is. And you're right. When somebody does it good, they do it good. But when somebody does it bad, they're bad. Well, and it used to... So, I think I think that's a fair assessment. But so many of the voice actors as, like, a career industry, 20 years ago were doing dozens of voices at a time. And sometimes in the same production, too. I mean, right. you have guys like... Mel Blanc, who or pretty Jim much... Jim Cummings is right, like a contemporary Right, I mean, of that. so many guys who were doing dozens, hundreds, Phil LaMarche, still, I mm-hmm. mean, I can't even think of the number of voices that he does, or, you know... Tara Strong. Right. You know, another one that we've talked about, mm-hmm. where they just have, like, an epically long filmography, because... That's just the way a voice actor works. Mm -hmm. And you get to where you can kind of pick out the voice, but so many of them are so multi-talented that they're able to do things with their voices that just are, I think, it's just a completely different level of acting. Right. All right. So all of that aside... I think we're pretty happy with the voice cast here. I feel like they did, I I, I mean, they did a reasonably job casting here. 
it's even, diverse. It is diverse. You've got black characters playing black characters and Asian characters playing or Asian actors playing Asian characters and well and that may well come from the Marvel and Disney influence because that's something they really worked towards right. in the last few years which generally I approve of and applaud mm-hmm. so okay well let's go ahead and get started then this one so we have the basic introduction with the Marvel which is different than the standard Marvel and we've got the Sony and all of that blah 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 anything you wanted to they all the logos just kind of uh flicker through different versions to kind of you know illustrate the whole multiverse aspect of the movie so (laughs) thematically it's there it works it's kind of... Is it a completely different Marvel intro? I mean, it's the same idea of the one that Marvel's been using. Yeah, but it's it's Kind of tailored to this. Right. No, not... It's... I mean, and they change it periodically. Like, obviously, at the beginning of Captain Marvel, we had the Stan Lee Marvel mm-hmm. intro. Right. But, yeah, this then, one is not the standard with Iron Man and... Okay. Yeah. But it is a Marvel intro. And then we start with um, Miles, right? Drawing in his room, late for school. I like how we got the backstory before we jumped right into the Spider-Man-ness of it mm-hmm. all. It was a nice little jaunt into yeah. Miles' life when it was normal. Right. And the, I like that they um, I mean obviously there's a lot they're trying to fit in to give you this background for him but I really like the relationship that Miles has with his family like his mom and his dad. Yes. I think they did a really good job in not a lot of time or a lot of words really portraying this as a solid loving family relationship right that right. there was a lot of history like the whole scene at school yeah gotta say i love you back say <laughs> it back like that is just... right and they do a really great job of illustrating how out of his element Miles feels like when he's walking through his neighborhood and he's everybody's saying hi to him. Everybody knows him. He's got a comment for everybody and everybody got, has a comment for him. And then when he gets to school, he's like stonewalled. Nobody wants nobody's to talk talking to him. To him. Nobody's Except to make fun of him for yep. his dad being there and telling him to say I love Which, you. Which I got to say, in middle school, I think he dealt with that pretty well like he's seventh grade eighth grade tops right and his no, dad has this just... has got to be high school no no it's stonewall middle school it, it says middle school on the yeah oh really yeah he's in he's in middle school seventh eighth grade no tops. he's got to be older than no that. no no middle school he's really? going to this is a preparatory middle school i'm quite certain i saw all of that that's why he's so like apparently young. I, I I'll give you I'll talk about 
random shit for a minute while you look this up. But yeah, so, <laughs> but, but what I thought here was that he deals with it remarkably well for such a young age. Like he's just being completely stonewalled by all of his peers and he's still cracking jokes and trying to make friends and it's just remarkably well done for someone who is not very old. All right. Nothing yet? Okay, so the Into the Spider-Verse website apparently mentions that Gwen is 15. So, what, she said she's like 16 or 18 months or 15 months older than him. She gives him like a month range that he, she is older than him, right? At yes, the end. yes. And it's like slightly more than a year. So maybe ninth grade, I don't know, could have I think been the, I think junior high. But I'm going to say he's a freshman. I, 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 maybe, I swear to God, I saw middle school somewhere. Maybe he was walking by his old middle school. Maybe. Maybe that's That's what it was. That, that's a possibility. I'll give you that. All right. I'm going to say he's a freshman. Fine. Because it makes sense that he'd be starting a new school in that situation, right? He's, yeah. And he's, he's young and stupid and yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Um... But yeah, the the whole actual relevant point was that I thought he dealt with it well for mm-hmm. being young and dumb and not having any friends. He's like still got a sense of humor about it, which is impressive. And then he sneaks out to go to his uncle's house. And then they go and paint graffiti. But before they leave at his uncle's house, oh, we get we gotta a get this Donald in. Glover cameo because apparently, so the cameo that shows up is like a clip from an episode of Community where Donald Glover's character Troy is wearing like Spider-Man PJs. Um, there was a whole big campaign at one point to try to get Donald Glover to be Spider-Man. It was around the time of the Andrew Garfield version Spider-Man. So pre-Tom Holland. Okay. Okay. Post Tobey Maguire, pre-Tom Holland Spider-Man. Everybody wanted it to be Donald Glover. When the artist um, originally drew the character for the the character of Miles Morales for the Marvel comic books. It was he, with Don Glover in mind. He used Don Glover as a like a reference, so it's all intertwined. Well, there. That's a lovely tribute there. Then. <laughs> so then they go and paint the graffiti, which, by the way, is a really nice tag i just have to i know nothing about graffiti is like no, an either. art form although i know that it is like an art form an art form right. i acknowledge the art formness of it all and that there are actual skills and practices which i am not aware of but that was a beautiful tag i have to say that if you are going to be a graffiti artist having spider-man powers is helpful now being handy, able to hang right? upside down and, right there's just so much there that's going to be super handy for miles super handy <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's where he gets bitten and then he 
goes back to school and sleeps it off for a while. Wakes up and he's like three feet taller. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was nice. And how also... long does he sleep for there? Is it like days? Because it felt like they were trying to tell you he was sleeping for it days. It does. Well, either that or his roommate is... A night owl. <laughs> or... The information is either that he slept for days or that he's at this highly competitive school oh, sure. where his roommate was staying up and pulling an all-nighter because of all of the homework they had been assigned Either is possible. I'm not really sure. It was a fail in terms of whatever time passage we're supposed to right. get there. But so it can't, we it can't know be that long, right? Because the tag, or the they only had a couple of days before they were going to do another experiment, right? Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a reference point for it. Does. The scene with his teacher and the true or false test come before or after that. Because I love that. Where his teacher calls him out because he purposely tried to fail a true or false test. And he got every answer wrong. <laughs> and she tells him... <laughs> Anybody so just good. randomly guessing on a, a true or false test is probably going to get a 50%. <laughs> and he gets... So she changes his zero to 100 because he specifically... Because he the wrong specifically answer. got all the wrong. Just to yeah, tell, I mean, like he bit. is miserable at that school. He does not mm -hmm. want to be there. Well, nobody's nice to him. Nobody's paying any attention to him. He doesn't have any friends, and like that's important in school, if, especially in a school where you're stuck with the same people five days a week, and right. you're sleeping with them and eating with them. Boarding schools rough man if you don't have at least one ally mm -hmm. it's not a place you want to be and so i think he was trying to wash out but i think that was after he woke up with powers and after i don't know if that was before or after um peter this universe is peter parker just died. peter parker right are you, this universe is Peter Parker. Other right. universe is Peter, Peter B. Parker. B. Parker. <laughs> or we could just call we him call Fat Chris Peter. Pine, or we could just call him Chris Pine and Jake Johnson. <laughs> we, we, Chris we, Pine is dead. Chris Jack Pine Johnson is, dead. is alive. Jake did Johnson. We even, did we even get, like, he's not even listed. No, because his role is so small in this. But, but, but yeah. it is worth acknowledging. Chris Pine, like, they didn't cast just any Joe from the hallway as Peter Parker. No, no. They called Chris Pine for those 12 sentences. I feel like in some of the movies that we've talked about, that character would have been played by the director. <laughs> exactly. Right. He would have put himself right there. Or the director, or again, some guy from the hallway. Right. Like, there are so many of these roles where they're not, I mean, because it's literally, it's like 12 sentences. There mm -hmm. can't, there can't have been that much there. Are we, and, and with these roles, I'm like, is it worth that how many millions of dollars we had to have paid Chris Pine for those 12 sentences? I wonder because what he made for that. 
I don't even want to ask because I'm just going to feel Maybe he just like made, insignificant. Like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. You can. No, 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 no. It only has it, a $90 million budget. But, yeah. And they needed, like, so I was watching a video. They needed, like, double, if not more, the amount of animators that you traditionally have on a film like this. That doesn't actually surprise me, given some of the techniques that they have used on this So, film. I guess, uh, standard, it takes, like... A week to... Oh, I can't even remember. I'm not going to say it because I'm not specific. Because you're yeah. not going to get it right, and that's It fine. took way too long. It took much longer to animate a second of this film than it normally takes in an animated movie. So, I'm going to say that Chris Pine did it for scale. Possibly. <laughs> Just because if somebody said, hey, do you want to be Spider-Man? Well... I mean, that is a pretty impressive feather to add to the cap. Although, at this Plus point... Plus, he is, like, collecting. collecting. Feathers for the cap. <laughs> I've got the James the, T. Kirk feather. Right, and now yep. I'll add the Spider-Man feather. I was in because Woman. they didn't call me for the Captain America feather. <laughs> so, I guess I've got Wonder Woman, and that's just going to have to be okay. I'm forever going to be bummed that he didn't make it into Marvel to be part of the Chris's. We needed one right? more Chris. We needed one more Chris. He, and he would have been such a good Chris with Which, all of the other Chris. Who could he have been? Well, that is a good question. I don't know, like, who who you actually cast him as without replacing one of the other Chris's. Well, maybe that if you're listening and you know who Chris Pine could have been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe without replacing a currently cast Chris, you let us know. Who would it be? Who could he have been? I'm sure he could have been somebody. Somebody, like, for sure. sure. I mean, like, he could have been, been Ant-Man. I don't want to get rid of Paul Rudd, but I'm just saying. No, he could not have been Ant-Man. I'm <laughs> no. sorry. That's just, no... I, I, I like Chris Pine, but I don't actually think he has the comedic no. chops Although, to handle Ant-Man. He does. Ha- he can be funny. I, I, I mean, I'm going to give him some some action. I mean, he, he did play Kirk, which does require a tiny bit of timing to drop those famous see, James T. Kirk one-liners. Have you seen Into the Woods? I have not seen Into the Woods. So I have to admit... I enjoyed Into the Woods. It's it's on my list. It's on my list. I'm really bad about actual adult films. We just got... We do Netflix on DVD for most of our, like, adult movies. We just got The Meg. That's right, people. If you're listening and you're wondering who still gets DVDs from Netflix, it's It's, Briar. It's Briar. That's that's who still gets... Well, because it's such a great way to get most of these movies, right? I don't have to pay for an additional service if I can't get them on Netflix or Hulu or HBO or whatever it is that I have at the time. Then I just order up the DVD and they send it to me and then I watch it, which is exactly how I watched this one the first time. It's on Netflix now, but it won't always be. But yeah, so we got The Meg and like... No lie. I have had it for two weeks now. It's been sitting here waiting for the night when my husband and I are both awake past 11 p.m. (laughs) Because we are old 
and sad. I, I literally, I don't know what else to tell you. There's a reason we're doing this movie, th- this podcast about kids' movies because those <laughs> are the only films I am successfully able to watch anymore. <laughs> and on top of that, we have to watch them multiple times because of our kids. Well, right. So it's great. I don't actually, I mean, I do make an effort to watch them. This one hasn't, neither of, so the middle boy has liked this one, but it's not one he's come back to multiple times. And the two-year-old is just too young for this one. The, it's just, it's not his thing yet. There's not enough music in it for him. So So this one actually was one that I had to go out of my way to watch. watch on your own. Mm -hmm. So we watched this for, with my son over the weekend and he loved it and this was like this has been like the first superhero or um yeah i guess superhero thing mm-hmm. that he's like really glommed onto, and so now he's been walking around all weekend telling us that he's spider kid and he climbs the stairs because he's like <laughs> with his sticky hands like spider-man and he has decided that we are all going to be spider things for halloween oh that's so i get to be spider, spider woman Mom? <laughs> yeah because you're just four, you know? So it's right. not like he's using correct, like, naming conventions no. for these people. No, yeah. of course not. So we're all going to be spider things for Halloween. Of course. But, yeah, so he is very excited about this. And that's, like, the first time he's really kind of glommed onto like, a traditionally boy-focused Well, yeah, because he was a big... Elsa fan, right? Elsa fan, yeah. And he's liked, like, he loved saying, he loves, like, things with Mm -hmm. songs in it and stuff. Um, But, like, as far as, you know, the stereotypical things little boys should be interested in, Mm -hmm. this is probably, like, one of the first things that he has, like, really shown a big interest in. It's always so fascinating to me what superheroes kids get attached to because it doesn't ever seem to me like there's any real rhyme rhyme or reason reason. no there's no clear explanation for what superhero this kid is going to be attached to and and i gotta say like i'm really kind of relieved that this is the one that he's picked because like um uh like body image wise mm-hmm. even like full-grown spider-man is not a big guy not like a hulking like no, massive, not a big guy <laughs> unachievable muscle you know right so I'm, I'm okay with this i was personally relieved that the middle one and you know the jury's still out on the little one well we'll see but the middle one was not a huge fan of Iron Man, which personally was a great relief to me because those costumes are money and a pain in the ass to put on. Like, a Spider-Man suit is a onesie. Right. Literally a onesie (laughs) with, you know, a a hat, right? Right. Like, there is not... There's a... There's a level of ease with Spider-Man and the Spider-Man costume mm-hmm. that does not go, like, the... Plus, I would say, like, on a, like, role model level... Yeah, I like Spider-Man. Do you really want your kid emulating Tony Stark? 
the Hollywood playboy who like, smokes like, a lot and drinks right. a lot and womanizes a lot. I mean, right. let's be real. It's it, They've come a long way with those movies, but when the original Iron Man came out, I mean, because that was the first Marvel. Right. And it was... Hmm, a little questionable in the role model arena. We'll sure, say. yeah, but Tony that's Iron has Man. Grown a lot. I mean, uh, you're right. You a very easy comparison is Batman. Batman's also not a great role model, mm-hmm. right? Similarly, reason like for similar reasons. But I also feel like at least some versions of Batman over the years, like. Notably, the Christopher Nolan version of Batman really tried to explain why Batman was so antisocial and that he knew he was not, like, a really good Mm -hmm. person and that he knew he, like, didn't fit into society at large. That was better done, I think, than some of the other versions of Batman that we have seen over the years where he's, like partying at the Wayne Manor and then right. going out and saving the world and then arguing with Joker and getting the girl and just like yeah so I've mentioned previously that I am not a fan of Batman and I feel like I have to just come right out and say in applying my reasons for not being a fan of Batman I also have to say I am not a fan of Iron Man either. It's fine. Because I like my superheroes to have superpowers. I don't like when they're just rich guys. With a lot of money? With a lot of money to put into tech. My superheroes need to have superpowers. That's it. I think that's mostly fair, to be honest. (laughs) There's something not so super about... Like just a rich guy, just a uh, with a lot I, I like mean, Elon. So if that's the case, if we're implying that, then Elon Musk could be a superhero. He certainly thinks he is. <laughs> I mean, have you read his Twitter feed? No, I, I purposely stay away from. No, it. You don't then, because. <laughs> so what Miles gets f- bitten by a radioactive spider <laughs> and grows a bunch overnight. Um, so, my son thinks the scene where Miles can't control his sticky hands is probably, like, one of the funniest things on film that he has seen recently. I will acknowledge both of the boys were pretty giddy over getting, his hand getting stuck in Gwen's hair. In the hair. And then and the, the, hair, the pigeons. Oh, yeah. The pigeons. The pigeons are pretty comic <laughs> as well. Oh, definitely. Right. Definitely. So, then he's dealing with the repercussions of trying to figure out how to deal with these powers, right? Right. And then... So what happens after that? Okay. He goes back to the he tunnels. Back to the tunnels, and that's when he meets up with the Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Just Peter Parker. Fine. Chris Pine. The Chris Pine Parker. Right. Chris Pine Parker. Got it. And 
he is unable to put the dongle or whatever in the it's not a dongle here. I forget what they call it here. It's got a very specific name. But it does have a very is, specific, you know? like a, an actual tech name, and I don't remember what it is now. Dongle is not appropriate, but I've already had too much wine. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he is unsuccessful, and he gives the little thing to Miles, who is supposed to crawl back up like I love how Peter is like you're like me that must mean you this 14 year old child have all of the same abilities that I do at no point does anyone ever actually treat Miles like a kid (laughs) right yeah or they're dismissive of him because he is a kid later on when they're all the other Spideys are making the plan. You can't come. You're too young. Mm-hmm. I just. Okay. So then Peter dies. And then we have the whole meet up with Peter B. Parker. Which is s- also hilarious. Uh, like. When he's dragging him Dragging him <laughs> Like, what is it the police say? They're like, there's like put the homeless man down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so when we get the backstory on how Peter B. Parker ends up in this universe, which by the way, I loved how they did that for yes. all of them. So, so one more time, say, yeah. one last time. Yeah, it's so great every single time. And he, I love how he tried to take the pizza with yeah, him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. My son was like, but the pizza. Because it doesn't come with it him. It gets come. stuck it's on the so ceiling. It's so tragic. Like, and you can, what, I, I think it might have been funnier if he'd gotten the pizza because then he would have pulled the mask up and just been sitting there stuffing it down his yeah. face. Like, I, <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. All right. So Peter B. Parker, and he's being dragged along on that subway train. Like that whole sequence is just high comedy. Yes. When the the bike, when the snowman, the and then when they finally fall in the crosswalk, could you walk around? Nobody does. Thanks, right. New York. Yeah, New Thanks. York. There you go. <laughs> so great okay so then we go from there we go from there to the lab where we end up that too is a pretty good sequence there where with the bagel with the bagel and stealing well the good news is we don't need the monitor the monitor yeah so miles is running with that monitor and i'm like miles you're like you are of the era where right you are shouldn't very you know heavy. we don't need the monitor we didn't need the monitor <laughs> and then yeah the scene with the bagel and then as they're carrying the the saint elmo's fire yes yes it's perfect like 
so much of this movie was very well done in terms of comedic timing. It's hilar- It's a hilarious movie. It really is very funny. I was surprised by how funny... Like, just the timing is mm-hmm. spot on every single time. They hit all the notes right. It's just so funny. And when they show up at Aunt May's house, <laughs> Lily could not have been a better casting choice, I don't think. She's just perfect as she Aunt is. May. And I kind of feel like they missed out on a great Aunt May in some of the actual films. Like, she mm-hmm. would have really nailed that role. I mean, I guess Marissa Tomei was fine. Just a very different Not Aunt May. what I expected from Aunt May, no? No, not what anybody expected from Aunt May. Aunt May is supposed to be, like old right lily perfect i do like marissa tomei as handmaid though she did she she did a creditable job i like like their relationship mm -hmm. and i do like the almost cursing at the end of the first movie what (laughs) the fuck yeah that was that was good but lily tomlin is perfect in this Mm -hmm. as aunt may well, and especially because you've got, at this point, that Spider-Man is older. Fat Spider-Man is older? Yes. No, that spider Well, fat Spider-Man, but this Aunt May. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't this resist. Spider-Man who belongs to Lily Tomlin's Aunt May oh, the is real older, Spider-Man. too, right? So I guess it would work timeline-wise for, like, right. for high school... Spider-Man's Aunt May to have been Marissa Tomei. Well, no, <laughs> that's that, I don't know that we go from Marissa Tomei to Lily Tomlin in eight years, but okay. <laughs> well, that's just how women age in Hollywood, though, right? Oh, that's true. That's that is exactly how women <laughs> age in Hollywood. <laughs> I like when uh, Peter B. Parker and Miles finally get it down, like the timing to be swinging through the trees together. Mm-hmm. And then Gwen shows up. With a new haircut. With a new haircut. I like the haircut. <laughs> you don't get to like the haircut. <laughs> and I want to be Gwen Stacy when I grow up. She is very cool. I love her in this. I, very like, cool. So we kind of talked about this before we started, but um, we each had like our own small bit of comic pop culture that we are very familiar with, right? Or like more comfortable with. And neither of us knew much about Spider-Man beyond like the movies, right? So things like Gwen Stacy, I'm aware that she was like a thing and a character and there's a female and there's Spider-Man. History right. And it's in the comic books, but I never read the comic right. books, not Spider-Man. So I really I don't have any no. reference here. Neither do I. But so there is we're, This is maybe where we should have had a subject matter expert. <laughs> Who do we get for a subject matter expert on, on Spider-Man, Spider-Man that wants to come on to our show, <laughs> though, is really the question. 
I can just see the post now in my Facebook podcast guest <laughs> expert groups. Desperately seeking a Spider-Man expert must also not be a blowhard. <laughs> it was well, going to be a long day. You know, when our listeners start contributing. <laughs> I know. Tell Anytime. us what your subject matter what you're a subject matter expert at. You probably are one on something, right? It might not be Spider-Man. It but, might be the Emoji Movie. But, you know, if that's your thing, let us know. If you are, not, if you are an Emoji expert, please <laughs> do drop us a line before we ever watch that travesty of a movie. So that when we watch and review that travesty of a movie, you can come on and give us your emoji subject matter expert opinion. And there you go. That's, there you what, go. that's all we're asking. Right? Just let us know. Just let us know. Just say, I read all of the Spider-Man comic books in three weeks at summer camp one year, and now <laughs> I am an expert. All of them. All of them. Not just the Amazing Spider-Man. Well... Okay, if we're not just the amazing... That, that would have taken more than three weeks at summer camp, is all I'm saying. Like, that that's a three or four months kind of endeavor I can't at even that begin point. To... I can't imagine. No. So speaking of all the different Spider-Mans, that scene when they're in Aunt May's house and they all, like, the... You're like me. I mm. love that dynamic. And it's, it comes up a couple of other times, obviously. It comes up with Peter Parker. It comes up with Peter B. Parker. But I love that, like, through line for this movie that, mm-hmm. oh, you're like me. And their spidey senses. I also like how they illustrate the spidey senses. I loved the, why am I thinking so loud yes. that Miles oh, goes yeah. through. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Because you they really do a decent job of illustrating how much his world changes right which is something we've only kind of ever gotten peripherally from the real i say real with bunny rabbit ears but the live action Mm -hmm. spider-man movies they've had a difficult job portraying what that feels like Mm -hmm. and we get that here that it's that being spider-man feels different for models yep and I do. I really like that. And I really like the 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 thought bubbles. And mm-hmm. I like the spidey sense. And I like how they portray the danger as it comes before right. it comes. They do a good job of showing all of that. I also really appreciate how they stick to theme for each of the spider. Mm-hmm. Spiders. Yeah. Spidey's spiders. They're all animated yeah. in their own style. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. I really like it. Apparently that scene where they're all on Miles's dorm ceiling and trying mm-hmm. to like stay away from his roommate took an exceptionally long time to animate because of that. One of the things that they did in terms of animation for this film with the combination of styles so i don't my cousin was an animator for nickelodeon like 30 years ago so what i know of animation comes from cat dog that's that should give you the reference for how old my knowledge is here but 
when they combine animation styles, what they do apparently is that they animate everything in total before they combine the sequences. So then they're piecing it together frame by frame by frame with each individual style overlapping. So just the technical aspects of what they've done here to make those styles. I mean, because like uh, Spidey Noir, right? Like Peter Porker, he is all in black and white ink. And in terms of the actual animation, he's drawn much differently in terms of medium. So we're talking different paper, we're talking different ink, and combining that into a single frame is evidently quite difficult. I, I'm not sure of the technical aspects of it. I'm sure that they did a lot of computer animation of it, but at a base level, a lot of this stuff was hand-drawn. So... I'm not sure what they did to combine it, but yeah, very technical stuff. Are you sure this was at all hand-drawn? I figured I, it was all computer animated. Because, like, who hand-draws animation these days? I think, so, I think when, when I say hand-drawn, they start on paper, and then it's transposed to the computer is... I believe, and, and somebody, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, as I often am wrong. <laughs> We're but not my animators, we don't know. I don't fucking know. I think everything you, say, you said translates to whether or not it was hand-drawn or computer animated. Uh, but that, that's That true. all applies, right? It's, it's, it's a different medium, even if it's drawn in the same, like, even if it's all drawn in Adobe InDesign, right? Mm -hmm. We're still talking about different opacities, different right. layers, yeah. different, I mean, even if it's all on the computer, mm -hmm. there's still a level of combining all of those styles together that takes a great deal of technical skill. And they just do a remarkable remarkable job in this movie. So there's the whole sequence where Aaron, Uncle Aaron is shot. Um, and then... But Miles figures out that it's Aaron before that. Mm -hmm. Right? That the Prowler is Aaron. So then uh, an interesting side note about that. Um, if you remember uh, back to Donald Glover... <laughs> If you remember him in, uh, you're just gonna make everything everything now be, until the end of time about Donald, Donald Glover. Glover is this season's Taron Egerton. Egerton, Egerton, Egerton. I think it's Egerton. Anyways, we talked about him a lot last season. We're gonna talk about Don Glover this season. Um, he. <laughs> I can't. So if you remember, he was in Spider-Man um, Homecoming, right? Right. His character's name in Spider-Man Homecoming was uh, Aaron Davis. And at one point, he makes mention of his uncle, Miles. So... Oh, really? Yes. I so, or his not his ever nephew, catch Miles. that. So people are frothing at the mouth hoping that he comes into play as prowler but also they are very happy to have confirmation that miles uh is in that universe 
That, okay, that's some Marvel stuff. So I have to admit, I have not seen Homecoming. Oh. I, I, I have not gone to the theater. No, no, that's, that you're thinking no, no. of, Homecoming was the first one. You're right, I have seen Homecoming, that one was fine. It's this next one, what's it, Far Away, Far, far From Far home. From Home, is that what it's called? <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Sure, it's good. Um, I I, I haven't I gone to see it. Did actually go see it in the theater, and I find that I have like this weird. Um, when I'm watching Spider Man now, it's mostly I'm sure because he's like the youngest superhero, right? Outside of like the X Men, and I feel like super maternal towards Spider Man in both like this, but also like <laughs> Tom Holland's Spider Man, and I it's like a weird like. Is a weird switch in like the way you see yourself in the world to go from being like, oh yeah, superheroes, super attractive men, yeah, and now being like, oh, he reminds me of my son. I feel Let maternal towards him. Like, I hope nothing happens to Spider Man. <laughs> so I'll admit to that. Um, in and and I think that showed up for me in Infinity Wars. Just because he is so young. He's and, so young. He's uh, not I mean, for he's me, 24 in real life, but no, like, or something like that. No, he's in high school. Right. And in fact, at this point in time now, he is younger. God, I can't than believe your this. daughter. Younger yeah. than my daughter. So there are a lot of, like, all of the, when when he, spoilers, died in the first one, uh, right? Yeah. That was uh, that was perhaps one of the deaths that hit me hardest. Well, and also because he like he pres- he like approaches it like a kid would, you know, right. like he is a kid, right? He's, he he very much, and I think I think some of that might actually be onto the genius of Tom Holland as an actor. Like mm-hmm. he really does nail that childlike naivety of of what it would be like for a kid to To get superpowers and to be able to go and play with the superheroes because it's a game for him on so many levels it's always a game for him and that's why it's important for you to see the next one because that all becomes it becomes real to him oh well then i'm reluctantly looking forward to it because I actually, I have to admit after Infinity Wars, I have, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready to see Phase 2, but I needed a little bit of a break. Yeah. That was all kind of rough for me. And I even, even inadvertently spoiling it for myself, it was all kind of rough for me. That was, that was a weeper to end all we, like the whole fucking movie. I just had a box of Kleenex in my lap and just. (laughs) So then approach, like the whole Spider-Man is a kid thing. Mm -hmm. The way that Miles has to like. Grow up. Because his uncle Aaron is Prowler. Mm-hmm. You know, it's again. That's where it was like, ah, this poor kid. Like mm-hmm. somebody needs to just protect him. And then his dad thinking that he, Spider Man, killed Uncle Aaron. 
Yeah. Although, again, for me, so this movie really touches on that father-son relationship in a very powerful way. Mm -hmm. And I think that they do it great justice all the way through like there's some there's some places where there's that dramatic tension where it's not clear that miles and his father are going to be able to make peace with each other and then his father finds out who he is and they kind of come to terms with each other it's really does his dad his dad doesn't know he's spider-man well no but he might start questioning it. But I, I think he love has questions. Yes, I love when he's on his fo- on the phone with his dad after, and like he just can't, and he has to go over, and he's like Spider Man with the deep voice, and he's like, "I love you." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think honestly I mean, for me, I, I, I'm sorry that there isn't another. Right? I don't think that there's going to be another. I really liked Miles' story. Well, in the... I mean, in the Wikipedia article for it, it does make mention that there's plans for a sequel and a spinoff, but... You know, I feel uh-huh. like every movie that's ever been made has a note about plans for a plans. sequel or a spinoff. Yeah. So... Even though the other spiders try to keep Miles from going, he ends up helping them destroy the super collider. They... Wow, you really managed to stay on point. I, I feel like applauding here. <laughs> that was well done, Sarah. Well done. They all get sent back to their respective universes. And... Spider Spider Noir takes his Rubik's Cube. Oh, that's right. <laughs> But what's it? But in Norland, what's it? I just I can't even. <laughs> what do those shades of gray look like? I don't know. They show you at the end. They when do. they give you the flash to all the what they're doing, right? But but how do you tell the blue gray from the orange I don't gray? Know. That's all. <laughs> okay, and. He ends up in a super cool new spider suit. Right, right. Without that, a cape, no capes. Aunt well, May helps him get. Because it's an offense to Spider-Man. I love that Aunt I love May that. is apparently Spider-Man's tech guy. Right. Because she invented the shooters herself. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I really liked how she was... In in this movie, she was not helpless Aunt May, and I right. really did appreciate that. She wasn't, you know, like, out there fighting, but she was certainly involved yeah. in a part of things. She was a support role, for sure. Mm-hmm. And that was a nice change for Aunt May. Um, and I do like... Um, what they did that Gwen found a way to contact yeah. him. That was nice. Yeah. So they'll be friends. <laughs> Across the dimensions. I guess. So there we go. We finished the movie. We that did. we weren't actually talking about most of the way through, but it's fine. We finished the movie. 
But then there's a post-credit scene that I have watched this movie like two or three times and I've never seen because I never stuck around for it. What? There's a post? There is. Of course there is. (laughs) God damn it. I should have known. All right. Hold, please. Why I didn't catch this, I have no idea. I know. I don't know either. I've seen It's because I think in the... Um, version that is on like Netflix and even the version we have on Voodoo a lot of the times Marvel in the release like the home release they bump all that end credit stuff to not right. at the end of the credits well on this one there's like the Stan Lee Memorial mid credit right. and I think you think that that's the end so why would I sit around and watch the end credits in my house there's absolutely no reason to do that <laughs> oh, so that was amazing so that we just was amazing. We'll link this in the show notes, We guys. just had to stop and watch the end credit scene because neither of us has actually seen it for some reason, even though we've both watched this movie multiple times. Um, and for those of you who haven't seen it, it's like a total play on the, the pointing Spider-Man pointing meme. Spider-Man meme. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. Uh, but it introduces another dimension Spider-Man, Miguel O'Hara from Spider-Man 2099. Which I know nothing about, but it's the future. It, uh, we'll just we'll just assume that it's another multiverse, and it is, it is. That, that well, and I'm sure that there's relevance because it's probably in some storyline or another. Like, there's only five thousand Spider-Man. It's comic another, books, yeah, guys. it's another like, Spider-Man series. There's um, got to be one with this dude in it, but there is. He, he, I'm sure there is. <laughs> it's Spider-Man 2099, you. apparently, according apparently. to Wikipedia. I, I, I applaud you for actually getting the specific details. Like, way to go. Golf what I do. That's what I, do. what I yeah. do. So, guys, if you've made it this long... <laughs> We're sorry that we never talked about Fisk's family, or we didn't even bring up the Green Goblin. Oh, was he in this movie? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But... No, this was really good, and... I'm I'm getting to the point with these where like the good ones go see it your damn self. Like this one is worth actually watching. It's great for the kids. So let's talk like, about the age real quick. Um So I would say like the scenes with like the Green Goblin, my son was like moderately not scared, but like wasn't really digging it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uncomfortable. Um, guess, yeah, uncomfortable is probably a good but the comedy on point for him he loved it he thought this movie was Mm -hmm. hilarious um the soundtrack i'm a little iffy about mostly because i'm not a fan of post malone and he's in like a decent amount of the songs um but fair fair but my husband loves it and so he now when they do bath time they listen to this soundtrack oh well so great time So I'm okay. I feel comfortable enough with my four-year-old watching this movie. Good. So the eight-year-old sat and watched it with me and loved it. Well, I say loved it. He watched it with his tablet. So, like, he <laughs> sat there for the whole thing. That's a win in my book. Like, he watched it while yeah. playing Roblox. So there was, I mean, some engagement <laughs> with the content. 
Like he's eight. This, there's only so much I can expect from this one. <laughs> the two-year-old enjoyed it enough to bounce himself into unconsciousness on the couch. So we call <laughs> that a win. And my daughter quite enjoyed this one. We know because still at 18, minding that she is high-functioning autistic, but she, she will talk to the TV with movies that she is particularly engaged yeah. with. This one got a lot of commentary. So, so it was a win all yeah. the way around. Um, let's see. On the blubberability scale, there were a couple of moments for me. I really got very misty-eyed at the sequence where he... Which was it? It was one of the scenes with Miles and his dad. It was probably multiple scenes with Miles and his dad, to be honest. There were a couple that really got me. Mm -hmm. Because it was just such a good, organic relationship. Right. And I love that it was his dad being the... um the motivation between them saying I love you to each mm-hmm. other you know mm-hmm. that was coming from his dad and that mm-hmm. w- his dad's a police officer he's a manly guy mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with his dad being the one to say we're gonna say I love you to each other no there's just so much that was really beautiful about that father-son mm-hmm. relationship and that one is not often modeled right well not in, in that film, way mm-hmm. in that way no not for kids and i really feel like that's a lot i especially like honestly here and that he's a black father and we have a black hispanic m- character here there's good positive racially based role models mm-hmm. which is something that <clears throat> black and brown kids don't see a whole lot of so it's important for us to be able to say we have this this movie is really pretty i really have to give marvel a lot of credit like black panther is such a huge film this is so remarkable that they've called in actual people of color it makes Mm -hmm. me emotional because Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen well or often in Hollywood not and it's, on this scale and in this movie I feel like it's it's done and but it's also not the showpiece which no, I think is important not. too so what Marvel does so well is that they manage to talk about race as not race mm-hmm. it's just a functionary of being a person right and when you are a person of color that's what your life is actually Mm -hmm. like and so they get it so so right Mm -hmm. it's just so refreshing to see when it's so regularly fucked up Mm -hmm. by everyone else in hollywood on such a consistent basis so yeah for me this one the fact that they get this father-son relationship right is just incredibly significant. And yeah, I'm I'm all weepy about it now and I was weepy about it 
every time I watch this movie, mm-hmm. there's just so much that's really, really good here. Um, can you wear this Halloween costume? Well, if you're going as Spider-Man, I think anybody can be Spider-Man. I think anybody should try to be Spider-Ham, too, if that's the one you want to go <laughs> Especially for. if you get the additional spider face as oh, right? nose. I love that. <laughs> well, I'm really glad to hear that because I'm pretty sure that that's what we're getting stuck with for Halloween this year. Right. So, so you're going to have to figure something out. I do like the Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman costume. That's I love that she wears... Styling beautiful teal ballet flats like i want to know right? more about Those her character to know why she's wearing ballet flats and she's in a band she's so cool she's I wanna be gwen so Stacey. cool i love gwen stacy and those you're right white hoodie ballet flats that's that's the costume you should be rocking <laughs> for halloween i want to see it a haircut and all sarah let's <laughs> let's do it oh man don't threaten me i'm really at one of those points where shaving my head is a good idea so well only half your head but in this case i think you could rock it totally <laughs> think you could rock it you wouldn't even have to dye your hair you, the red it'd just be great like i love it <laughs> i love it all right guys um final verdict I'm going to give this movie a five. Yeah, this one's totally a five for me. I know we didn't talk about it a lot. I know we talked about a lot of other movies, but that's just because it's such a solid well, it's winner because in we my didn't book. Have anything to no, nitpick. there's nothing to complain about. I, I realize that so much of our really long shows are just us bitching endlessly about all of the things wrong with the movie and because there's nothing to bitch about here all we had to talk about were other movies like honestly the biggest (laughs) issue we have with this movie is post malone on the soundtrack that's you and that's just me being like i just really don't like post malone No, I love this movie. I love the story. I love the animation. I love everything about this film. I really don't think they could have done any better. That maybe a little more slapstick, although I don't know where they were going to work that in. I feel like this movie is just so so jam packed as it is, you know? Like it's perfect. There's not a lot of fluff here, so. No, and it's a really, it's a classic story. Which is, I feel like, something that we've missed a lot in some of the children's animations we've gone through lately. Like, just give me a good story. Mm -hmm. That's what I want, is a really quality story. And this movie actually has that. So yeah, definitely a five for me. Um, final commentary? Any last notes? Any commentary about the shanty you're drinking perhaps <laughs> no no we're good <laughs> all right then thanks for sticking with us on yeah this, this one. one was we'll see how this one turns out i'm gonna i'm interested to see how this one edits together this one's <laughs> gonna be a good time good time <laughs> all right guys uh, give us a call, 402-885-4875, if you have any commentary about Spider-Man or, you know, what we got wrong, because I'm yeah sure we got a lot wrong on Spidey Self-admittedly, tonight. Self-admittedly, we are not Spider-Man experts by any means, so if you want to give us some more information about anything we didn't know about, please do, please. 
We are also Latchkey Movies at Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, kind of, sort of, also on Gmail. And if you are listening, really, actually listening, if you are hearing me say these words at this time, for the love of God, go leave us an iTunes review. I just, I just need to know that all of these downloads are going somewhere besides my daughter's phone. Please <laughs> just tell us how, I don't even need to know that we're awesome, although certainly that's nice, but, but. Tell us Let you, us know you're out there. Just tell us you're out there. I know. iTunes reviews suck donkey balls, and they're a pain in the ass to leave, and this is really the lowest conversion ask I have ever seen in my years of marketing, but please, I'm begging you, go leave us an iTunes review. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good night. Good night. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.